Hey, this is Mike, co-founder of The Bronx Brand and executive producer of Creative Hustle. Thanks for listening. Look. I've been waiting so long for recognition Keep my head above water causing friction Maybe I could be the one that you could spare Maybe I could be the one to make you care Please pass me the light cause my L not lit How the fuck you hustle but you ain't got shit What it do, welcome to the Creative Hustle Podcast Brought to you by DreamWork Hustle and the Bronx Brand I am Josh DWH Today, my guest to my left Please introduce yourself I go by the name of J-Tips I'm also from the Bronx Thanks for having me Nah, thank you for coming out so before we get started, how long have you been doing this music thing? Um, I've been doing the music, uh, I'd say going on maybe like 13, 14 years strong. What What made you get into it? What made me get into it was peer pressure, to be honest. You know, just going to like middle school, high school, that's what all your friends did. So when they stopped showing up to the basketball court, they was in the crib, um, like recording tracks. So you I went to, to Truman, a, right? Yeah, I went to Truman. Okay, okay. So yeah. I had to write a verse to if I still want to hang out. And so it, was ba- it. <laughs> it was basically just on some competitive shit at first. Yeah, that's how uh, it gotta be. So I know that I know you. So just uh, let's uh, let's get a little background going. Mm. So what made you get into music besides like the high school? Like what moment in hip hop like kind of transcended you to like just like I bet you know I could do this. Probably um, the biggest probably influential moment was I remember I, I, I live on in the Bronx if anybody's familiar with the Bronx I live on um, I'm from 226 White Plains Road right. and it used to be on 225th it used to be a KFC that was that was like a hangout like it was like it was kind of I was young so I was one of the kids that was in there hanging out but it was like every seat filled with just a young kid and right. I just remember getting the college dropout album and Kanye. just being so you know so inspired by it that I was like yo I had my CD play and I was just letting everybody hear different songs. Everybody hear different songs. I was like, this, you know, he's dope. He's dope. He's dope. This is fire. This is the dude that made slow jams. This is the dude that, you know what I'm saying? And it just, it made it, it made it seem real to me. You know what I'm saying? Like at that point, I only knew of rappers or heard of rappers that were like DMX. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Jay-Z, like that's far Top and beyond. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's far and beyond. Like you, at that point, if you told somebody you wanted to rap, it was almost like, you know, a fairy tale. You know what I'm saying? But to me, Kanye felt like it was it was kind of relatable. It was obtainable. Like, it was something that I could reach out and, and grab. You know what I'm saying? And that's probably the point where I was like, I think I could do this. And, you know, I'd, I'd say that's the earliest moment, I would say. How you feel about Kanye now? Is he tripping or...? or you know, um, or at the end politics? of the day, I know, I, know that, I know that it's the price of fame. You know, we done seen it with most of the, I feel like, the black leaders that cracked the glass ceiling. Like, I feel like we're working, you know, even on an underground level, we're working hard to crack the glass ceiling to change our, you know, lives forever. But the dudes that are in the industry that crack that that glass ceiling, like, let's just think of every genre. Like, you think of, like, if you think of Muhammad Ali, you think of Michael Jackson, you think of Bill Cosby, you think of fucking DMX. You think of so many different people who got so high and it seemed like they fell at some point. You know what I'm saying? And it just, 
I'm trying, you know, I'm coping with it. I'm dealing with it. Like, it's tough for me. Like, but I deal with what's going on with Kanye almost like a death in the family kind of. But yeah, yeah. it's still, <laughs> it's still, I try to, I try to always appreciate the, it's like a relationship for me. Like, sometimes you can't highlight the negative. Sometimes you, you highlight the positive. Like, yeah. I grew up on Kanye. You, you know what I'm saying? Down, so it's, yeah. it's tough for somebody to just hit me and be like, yo, tips for Kanye or some shit. Because yeah. even what he's a going lot of people through. People turning against him now, too. Yeah. It's, I've never been one of those kind of, people but at the end of the day it's like i'm i don't stand behind what he's saying but i'm learning to separate you know the 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 bullshit and appreciate just like you know what i was you know what i what i'm a fan of and that's yeah. just his his music you, yeah. you know what i'm saying all the personal shit that's some really 2018 like let me let me only be a fan if i like him personally like damn before i listen to his music who he voted for yeah. before i listen to his music he got a white girlfriend or a black or that girlfriend that's some, shit, that's some yeah. yeah that's some 2018 shit so i I, I'm try. I separate all that shit. Like I haven't. I haven't turned against. I haven't turned my my phone off to Kanye West. So. Okay. Okay. Nah, I could dig that. Yeah. I know that you into the sneaker culture. Yeah. What's your favorite sneaker of all time? My favorite sneaker of all time um, changes with the season. Like to be honest, Why um, off the top the of because you feel different about certain yeah. things. Um, at certain times too. But I would say my favorite sneaker is probably just because I got the dopest memory with it was probably the college blue Jordan 17 okay. just because I remember I was in seventh grade. A lot grade. of people don't like the hot numbers. Yeah. But I was in I was in seventh grade, I remember. And it was you the, a sneaker collector yeah. as well. Yeah. And that was the first shoe that I went from a kid size to a men's size. Yeah. So the, it was two hundred bucks. Like it came with the suitcase and everything. And I remember like my teachers pulling me to the side like, you know, your shoes cost two hundred dollars. Like like why are you like making sure like I remember like one of my teachers even like called my mother and was like is somebody gonna pick me up from school yeah, yeah. like yeah like his shoes are expensive you know what I'm so saying so you was and, always into the sneakers but mm-hmm. how did you like cause I know you used to work at Foot Locker yeah so like your love for sneakers was before Foot Locker or yeah it was it was before to be honest Foot Locker probably shaped it the business side for me. Like a lot of times, you know, the sneaker sneaker game is probably ninety percent business right now. Yeah. Like people get things, they flipping. Like whenever you see people online, majority of the line is flipping. Girls, kids, yeah. parents, everybody. You're like little seven year olds online. Yeah, but to me it was growing up when I like I started working at Foot Locker when my mother was like, You just can't be in the house not doing nothing. Like you need to go get a job. So it was like, you know, I could either work at Jamba Juice yeah. because my boy could get me a job or I could work at Foot Locker where my other boy from MySpace can get me a job. So I ended up working at Foot Locker and working at Foot Locker is when you learn, I learned it. I learned stuff like discounts and like, I didn't even know people got discounts. Like I didn't know none of that, like 50% offs and, you know, just the resale game and how how like I'm out there trying to figure out how to get a pair for myself. People yeah. pulling up like yo, let me get five pairs, six pairs, ten pairs. Like I didn't even know of stores. I didn't know people didn't just get shoes. I thought like Nike just brought them to stores. Like I didn't know people was hustling and flipping them outside. Like that's what Full Locker did for every, for me in in general and shit. So it was definitely before. I try to tell people all the time now. It's kind of like if you know me as a collector or you know me as something else. Like I appreciate you bringing me up in that light instead of just the business because I feel like everybody's a part of the business of it yeah. I feel like I got too many years of experience in it so for you to just for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying so when you was working at Foot Locker that's when the numbers 343 came about yeah that Tell was me my about that. that was my commission number it was like a, my label like it was you had to write 343 on all your items of clothing so they know or, that you sold so they know it that you sold it okay. so you got commission and it was almost like people 
it was like to me it was like my first branding like at that time working at Full Locker, I was using those checks to shoot videos I was yeah. using those checks to get fly so it was like when you trying to when you sitting in meetings with people and shit the first thing they always tell you is who's J Tips what's J Tips yeah. whatever like what's your brand you know what I'm saying and I you know I just kind of ran with it it's like I, I felt like I was wearing the 343 on my back like it was yeah, my first yeah. autograph like I, people was walking up to me like yo you signed my shit and at all my dreams of writing J Tips I was really just writing 343 on shit so you know, it was. It, that's where that came from. <laughs> nah, that's dope. That's dope. How how has um, like being that you say it's ninety percent business in the sneaker culture. Like how has that whole like epidemic with the sneaker culture affected like your music? Like does it play a big part or does it play a small part when you make music? Like, um, in the creation or just what's like the around like the it? whole the whole generalization of like. Like whether the sneaker is like it, whether it's being hot right now. Like, do you mention it in in a lot of your yeah. lyrics? Or? It's, to be honest, I'm really like I'm big on on what you you know what I'm saying. You are what you eat type yeah. shit, and the information you put in your body, the food you put in your body, the the shit you listen to, the shows you watch, the movies you watch, it's a it comes out. You know what I'm saying? Like you shit that out, like not in a literal way, but it comes out of you. So if if that's what's surrounded me, like even if I just think of my trajectory with me having ten albums, you could tell the ones I was working in Falaka because that shit was in me. You know what I'm saying? The sneaker shit was in me more than just it being natural. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm dealing with boxes and shit all the time. Like my album three four three, some of the tracks is like departments in the stockroom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like department forty one and shit. So it affected it a lot. Like if I'm flipping kicks at the time. I'm gonna be making mad references, but if I'm the working in Full Locker, I'm probably gonna be on some three four three type shit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's definitely affected it, and it's lived a life in it the whole time to me. Nah, that's dope. So you said ten tapes. Yeah. Now I've known you for about I want to say at least maybe three or four. Mm-hmm. This is about I want to say, let's say, uh, I guess when I finished high school, that's when I when I when I met when I met you. That was about 2012. So. Did you like make a tape every year? Like, did you try to stay consistent like every year? (laughs) But thank you. Yeah. But with every tape that you put out, did you try to put it out? Like, did you give yourself a time limit on every tape, or do you just like as the process went, you just was like, I bet, nah, this is Mm -hmm. good. I'm gonna put this out. Nah, it was um, you know, I, I kind of put. I feel like I put myself through the ringer, like young. Like my first mixtape, I was 18. I'm saying, and and just being in the studio and you know putting tracks together and just synchronizing and making sure everything was right. That's a pretty young age for you to put together something and print up CDs and get cover art made. And you know, I was doing all original beats. Nah, this was all this was all like industry shit. But I at the time I was working with um I was working in the Bronx Studio Rec House. Okay, I was recording there. Yeah, with Denzel. I was working with Denzel at the time. So. His producer clause, m- majority of the beats was his, but if it wasn't his, it was like some, it was like Jaquan hot, hot, hit hood hop, like yeah, whatever was it hot was at like the time. so yeah. crispy, like if you remember that song, it was like Paper Planes in my, like it was, it was industry beats like grinding, yeah. you know, I was rapping on like it was pretty much half and half, but it was just the process of it. I feel like I kind of felt like it was always supposed to be that. So whenever I got back in the studio, it was always. 
when you putting out another tape. Like as soon as I put out a, the first tape, everybody was always like, "When's the next one?" They wasn't yeah. asking for when you gonna put out another song. They was like, they, "We already seen you put out a tape. When you putting out the next tape?" The project. So yeah. I feel like you gotta work on your habits young. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that was always my habit to put music together, to format it to a mixtape, format it to a mixtape, and to be honest. Subconsciously, I feel like every year I started putting out a, a tape. Like every every year, it was like you know what, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. Like my my second, third, fourth tape was called that time of the year. So it was always you know it's that time of the year again. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's time of that year for me to you know at that age, that big ass ego like bomb on them. Yeah, it's time for me to put some shit no out. Time. Yeah. So I I just kind of just fell through with that, and you know how music is so microwavable. So. It's like I felt like if I didn't continue to drop some shit every year, people would just move on. Yeah. They'll just move and they on. They forget so. about the locals real easy. Yeah. And I record a lot too. So if I go two, three years, I might be sitting on fifty songs. So So now I know you said that you used to record in the rec house and you mm-hmm. used to work in and out of rec house. So now with all the music that you're making now, you record all of it yourself, right? Yeah. And you mix it yourself. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to get into that? Like, what was like, I, I'm going to just not record and I'm not going to pay for this studio time no more. I'm, I'm going to learn how to mix this myself because that's a lot of work mixing yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't, they underestimate how much yeah. like work goes into that. Yeah. It, to me, it, it wasn't about, it wasn't about the money, to be honest. It was, it was the, the commitment, to be honest. It's like, if you, you, you artist, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I don't feel like I'm speaking to somebody that wouldn't understand. It's like, yeah. You know, you go into a studio and a lot of times people with studios are artists as well or people who have lives. And it's like their availability availability doesn't always match yours. You know what I'm saying? So it's tough. And then their commitment for sure doesn't match yours. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, if the mix isn't right, it's not his fault. It's your fault. You know what I'm saying? So when the song comes out, people aren't like... Maybe one percent of your audience is gonna be like, "Who mixed this?" Everybody else is just gonna be like, "This wasn't for me." You know yep. what I'm saying? I like your old joints better. So I feel like through my process, I went from you know I was recording at Rec House, I was recording at a spot in Eaterwall, I was recording at a spot by like Webster, and I was recording at a studio in the city. Before it was just like, how long am I gonna not get it to where I wanted to get it? I can't keep looking people in the eyes and expecting them to know what I mean when I say louder. This is so I started learning, and the more you learn, the more you educate YouTube. yourself. YouTube, YouTube University. You know what I'm saying? The more you, the more you, you teach yourself, you start to realize that how to keep money in your pocket. To be honest, yeah. how much you, money you think you save now? Not going to the studio. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've saved money, yeah. but I think that I've probably helped myself blossom a little bit better. Cause I know going to the studio, I'm a perfectionist, so I was going with tracks already memorized. I don't write in the studio. I was coming like if if not he, even know on the spot right nah, now. Nah, if like, he gave me if he gave me three three hours, like he was like, hey, tips, I'm I'm free for three hours or whatever. I came with enough music to record in three hours, and that was it. But now having my home studio. Now it's I could test more things out. Now I could try more things out. Now I can. It's no pressure. I can work on my own schedule, and I probably have like if over the last five years I put together fifty songs. Maybe having my own studio in my crib, I probably recorded one hundred and ten. But I remember going to the studio, and if I recorded seventeen songs, my mixtape got seventeen songs. Yep. So <laughs> that was 
that's probably the this probably helped me the most with it. It wasn't really financial. It was just more like how to get my rocks off in the nah, right way right. and to be able to put your best product fo- forth without it being because this is all that I was able to get mixed in this band. Like you know how artists is. Like you may three months down the line be like October fifth, you know, new album coming, and now it's it's the end of September, and the <laughs> producers like yo, he got pneumonia. He can't even get you your mixes ready. So now you got to drop a tape five songs shorter. Yep. So it, it's just it's a bunch of shit. <laughs> nah, I hear it. So being that. You record all your music. You yeah. just I just seen uh the nineteen ninety five interlude. Yeah. Now you shot that. Yeah. Right? And you direct you wrote the treatment, you directed it. Yeah. Now what made you want to cross over and shoot your own videos now? I don't know, like it kinda it kinda they just shout felt to you like, for that too. A lot of people don't have that type of like dedication yeah. to like to put the patience behind writing the lyrics, recording yeah. it and like like I'm proud of you, honestly. Yeah, nah. It's, to be honest, it's like I said. Uh, I feel like a lot of things are parallel. I feel like a lot of energy in the, the world it goes in the same direction. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like when it came to my visuals, I've always been somebody who have a I have a bunch of ideas, but maybe thirty percent of them get executed. Yeah. Over and over again, and working with different directors, working with. Um, a guy that I was working with for a long time, you know, you start to see that maybe your 70% that you was sacrificing or really compromising start to go up. Like now if I wrote this 100% treatment, it's like now we're only shooting 15% of it. Now we're, shoot, we're adjusting. Now we're adjusting. We're adjusting. And before you know it, this isn't my idea. Like, this isn't my idea. This is what you came up with. So it was like before I get into a zone where I don't even want to shoot videos no more because I know it's not going to be my you get uh, my discouraged. Love. Yeah, get this, you get discouraged. Like, you know what I'm saying? Me and my man Cito, we, we, send, we send links back and forth to YouTube videos all the time. Like, yo, this is fire. This is a fire effect. This is dope. This and that. It's discouraging when you know it's not, when you feel like it's not possible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As much as you come up with something, you don't want your video to be like, yo, all I got is an hour for you. So now you, I can't even change clothes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if my whole brand that, that is... take like five minutes. If my whole time. brand is being fresh, you know what I'm saying? Now I got to only one fit. You know what I'm saying? If I'm traveling across the country and the scenes ain't right, you know what I'm saying? Now, how am I going to correct it? You know what I'm saying? So I just kind of... I realized one thing that you probably, probably feel like that a lot too is we come up with the sauce. Like, you know what I'm saying? We yeah. come up with these ideas, but we let somebody else say they directed it because they gonna benefit from it. Yeah. They gonna get their bookings up. Like even produce, like was that person constructing your song or did they just make the beat? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I got a l- bunch of songs that say produced by, but we wasn't in the studio producing the this record. Nah, but it's not even about I'll give you the credit for you made the beat. Yeah. Even though, you know, you know that I probably sent the person the sample or some yeah. shit. But it's this shit say produced by you just you made the beat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But something saying produced by now, your bookings is going up. Now people's hollering at you, but they should not going to sound like my shit. Even with directed, like all these directors could say directed by, but I wrote the treatment. You know, I gave you direction. You shot it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's different shot by, directed by. But at the end of the day, it's like. Big you, difference there. You, shot by and directed by. Big you, difference. These people are going to take a lot of money off the table from you. Or take a lot of credit from you because you're sitting there and you just care about 
you know, it's your name is on it. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? You could go say directed by. And I just kind of like it was a it was a mix of a bunch of emotions where I was just like, I want I want to I want to take all the power back. But at the end of the day, I'd rather I could sleep at night knowing you didn't fuck with something that I did instead of you not fucking with something. And you and could somebody take all changed. of that yourself rather yeah, than cause somebody it, else. It, it, it's a learning process. Yep. And another thing, too, is like my last thing without feeling like I'm, um, you know, rambling or whatever. Hey, rambling. This is what we here to do. <laughs> Creatively, I felt like I was approaching a time where everybody was pocket tapping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing about, I feel like everybody wants to get their name up. Everybody wants to grind. But the one thing people don't realize is people pocket tap. Yep. You know what I'm saying? People. It, everybody want to get paid. Like even my even my, my mother. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say she's pocket tapping me like she's like, where the money at? But she see these trips. She... She don't know that they cost money. Like she thinks, like what you doing? Like you got you. Why what? You know what I'm saying? Like why can't you do this? Why you can't you do that? You going on trips? Like she don't understand the investments that go yeah. in, in into it. And I feel like creatively, people just wanted to get paid as opposed to putting the best product out there. Like I I remember a time where people were like, hey, let's link to make the biggest song in the city. But now people's more like, you know, this is what I charge. <laughs> and this is that like dudes was trying to hit me with just just inquiring they were like to save your video in 4k it'd be an extra 300 like little things like that that's like oh fam why do you think my knowledge is so minimal that you i'm gonna let you charge me 300 dollars for, for two more hours of rendering you know yeah. what i'm saying like hell no like so it's, it's just different things it was just like i felt like i could pay you but i'm not i may not get what i want out of it i'm so why not keep the money and learn? You know what I'm saying? Because with seven hundred dollars, that I'm gonna pay for maybe a video that you're gonna give me three to four hours to shoot. I could now take a month to learn, buy equipment. You know what I'm saying? Maybe seven hundred. You pay like three fifty to get pay, the equipment they shoot. Pay for somebody maybe flight to come with you somewhere. Like you could do so much more trying to figure it out than just putting it Relying in somebody else's somebody hands. Else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because you can't can't guarantee your your success when you're relying on somebody else. Nah, I hear that. I remember I had first came across uh I seen your videos. You I I personally my personal favorite is So My Yeezys. Yeah. Now, being that you 10 tapes in, it's a lot of songs. Which one would you say like is the most valuable? Like the most you hold so much value to now? Throughout all them songs. I, I could say it's on my Yeezys, you know, just because you, maybe because you brought it up. Maybe yeah, I text yeah, you later and say it was something yeah, else, yeah. yeah. But now, nah, so my Yeezys was to me like a like a ceiling breaker. Like, I felt like. Definitely it was, was. I felt like it was that, that one that cracked the, the blog surface. Yeah. Like, I wasn't having to tag everybody on Facebook or be in everybody's DM. Like, it was very, it was very generic. Like, I remember just refreshing and it going up by the hundreds and yeah. going up. Like, every time you refreshed it, 20, 20, 30, 40. Like, it was, it felt like it, it was like, oh shit, I'm about to make it. Like, it, it was a, <laughs> it was a weird feeling. And it's like, you know, the, the lyrics is like, dreams of a phone call. So my Yeezys basically to be on Worldstar. World so I remember just sending it to Worldstar and was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's influenced by, the bad decisions I made to yeah. <laughs> pay that money to be on your fucking platform, and they did it benefit you though. They responded and they was like, "We're returning the favor," <laughs> and they threw the video up. Yeah, so it was, was kind of dope, and you know, like a lot of coverage and shit like that. And I, it's still a song I could perform, and now when people know the words and shit, so it's dope. Nah, nah, nah. So my easies, man. Definitely, yeah, definitely got to check that out. 
what was the most valuable moment in your career? Like, whether it be a show, whether... Because I, I know, for one, that you traveled to Toronto. Been to I remember Toronto. I remember mm-hmm. years ago, you had traveled to Toronto. You had a show. Mm-hmm. So I was personally... I'm still inspired by that. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Being that you traveled... Cause I know you had a Miami pop-up yeah, just recently. Miami. Now, what was the most valuable moment for you? Like, that just, like, ins- kept you, like... I bet not. Nah, I really got to keep going after this. Most valuable is probably getting fired from Foot Locker, to be <laughs> Why honest. Why did you get fired? Because I got fired because, to be honest, it was, it was you know you know how it is. When you first start really doing shows, you start sometimes three a, three a week, four a week, you know what I'm saying? And it was when you got to be somewhere at, when you got to be a sound check at seven, but you get off at five, that mean I've been up since eight in the morning, like six in the morning. No traffic. Like you're tired. You know what I'm saying? And then to if you got to open, sometimes if you got to open one day, you got closed the next day, you got open again. So it's just like just being tired after a while. It was, it was, they seen where my responsibility was. You know what I'm saying? They seen that when you work in retail, if you don't show that you're trying to advance in the company, you know, they, they fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? So it's after they a while, it's like they start, you know, latenesses started piling up. And it was more like, I'm not going to not get ready for the show. Like, if I got a show this day, it's a different preparation than when I got to just clean out my eyes and run to the train. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. And that moment, it was when I realized I got to go all in. I had to go all in. Like, I already felt, I already had, like, a manager, and I was already, like, dealing with, like, meetings and stuff where people was trying to figure it out. Like, figure it out. Like, what's going to be next for you, Tips? Like, what you going to do next? What's going to be the next shit? Like, I was getting clothes and shit from brands, but it was, what's going to be next? And then when I got fired, it was like, now you got to go all in. You know what I'm saying? And going all in from Foot Locker, I got fired in June, and August I performed in... In August, I performed in Montreal. In October, I performed in A3C. And what year was this? This was 2013. Okay. It's 2013. And then right there, I shot um, So My Easy video. I shot uh, Wild Horses video. I shot the abortion video. And those was all. And then I shot Lafayette God's video. So that was all. That was all in, in the. I got fired in June before the year ended. I shot all those videos. Nah, I remember you spewing visuals also, out like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, also traveling. I did, we, I did the South by. I did A3C, and I was getting big looks. Like I was performing in front of like big artists, like ASAP Ferg and ASAP Mob. Like I did Dunk Exchange. I did SneakerCon. I mean, not SneakerCon. Sneaker the Dunk Exchange was with uh, Cameron, was it? Or it was. It, it was with Ghost. I did Ghostface that year, and yeah. then I did Cameron the next year. Dope. So it was like. Just that moment, you seen everything kind of like my blessings, kind of all like everything I wanted to do started to really fall into place. And you know, to me, like even even like that's when I really started like promoting the kicks and shit. Because you work in Full Locker, you can't even throw them up. Like you could get written up for like they say like it's like media well, media like, policy like exclusive and shit. stuff. And anything stuff. you can't even post pictures in the stock room. Can't uh-huh. post pictures with your shirt on. Anything. So when I started really connecting with even like celebrities and not really, you know, not like big name, but you know, people who's out here, people got big following and shit. When they seen that I rap, they seen I had kicks, they trusted me. They they wanted to be around what I had going on and I started getting bigger bills on shows. People stopped fucking making me open for shit. Like I was I was I had a manager at the time that like I was opening for everything, bro. I was I was performing for the fucking bartenders at clubs sometimes. So it was like when that happened 
it was like now you started to see me in the fat of a bill or you know towards like the the lit part it was it was a to me it was my most valuable moment because that's when i seen things change nah that's dope I mean, a lot of people they they you know what I'm saying when when bad stuff happens then they mm-hmm. they kind of like just like I bet I gotta keep this going man. on on the daily. What keeps you motivated? Got kids, man. I got two. You know what I'm saying? It's how I got one that's one. I got a daughter that's one. I got a son that's three. And you know, I just try to stay grounded because they're not gonna understand my excuses. Yeah. They're not gonna understand why, you know, Josh won't. You know what I'm saying? Repost my shit. Yeah. They not gonna understand why, you know what I'm saying, why maybe me and somebody fell out or why I didn't, you know, spend an extra two hundred dollars on this and that. They're not gonna understand that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it keeps me motivated to know that I gotta do as much as I can for for them, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm living for them now. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I stopped living for myself the moment that they opened their eyes and took their first breath. So it's like everything that's like a a real personal issue, I always ask myself, like, is this something that my kids will understand? You know what I'm saying? Like, whether it be drama with their moms, whether it be, you know, really like some some music type shit, like stream count, view count or some shit. Like, my kids, they're going to be like, who cares about that? You know what I'm saying? Like... Do that mean you're not good? Do that mean you know you're not talented? That's you know they're not gonna they're not gonna notice that shit. Do that, damn! I really want them off whites. Like you think they're gonna be like <laughs> like damn? Why you flipped them? They're not gonna care. You know what I'm saying? They're not gonna care why why you had to sell shit or why you had to keep shit. They, they so I just try to lift for them. And that keeps me motivated just to know that I got a a higher purpose. Nah, that's dope. Being that um, being that you have two kids. How has that played a role in your music? Like, I I know that you mentioned them in a couple of songs, but how does that, like, do you, like, do you think, like, I bet, like, maybe I shouldn't say this in a record mm-hmm. or, like, the way you, because, you, you know, as an artist, we try to generalize everything. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things we can't go into detail about. Yeah. Like, do you think, like, since you've had them that you, like, kind of filter, like, what you say or you think, like, more of a grown man approach towards your To be honest... The only thing that I probably filter is maybe just like relationship shit, true shit. Because if you listen to my music, I talk about shit. You know, yeah. I talk about girls and shit. But I try to filter like the reality parts of it, like maybe like real situations with their mom, or maybe with my mom, or like family shit. You know, I just chalk it up to that because at the end of the day, it's like it's not worth it for you to be like I was feeling that. To me, it's not worth it because it's something that they can look back on and it'd be a real situation. But, you know, I'm, having a daughter, I know a lot of people, they want to cut out, like, the bitches and, and stuff like that. I haven't really got to that point yet where I feel like, you know what I'm saying, I because of so much respect for my daughter and all that, I think that I'm still at a creative point where I'm ju- it's justified to me. Like, I'm not speaking directly to someone. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's been it so far. But it's been like a fire, though. Like on the positive side, it's been a fire to me to just have kids. Just know that, just keep going, keep going. You gotta keep going. Don't let, don't let like controlled noise affect your outcome. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like the only thing that we born with, bro, is survival instinct. Like all this other shit that's like people who people like, who people fuck with. Definitely all that shit, now, that shit is created. especially now. That shit is created. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? I I try to just stay in that realm, bro. So. With all the stuff that you be making as for merch, mm-hmm. like, do you do it yourself? 
Nah, I, I get um I get a little help on merch and stuff. Like I get I throw ideas out there and my boy he'll shape it for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be honest to mess with like the photoshops and all that type of stuff like the illustrated. It's it's complicated because at the end of the day like I said you'll end up settling. Yeah. Like <laughs> like you may want to you may want to be like, yo, I want to turn my logo into the Puerto Rican flag, but because it's so hard, you might just make it red and be like, yo, this is this call us a day. Because <laughs> you waste so much time on something, it's gonna yeah, discourage. Like, yeah, it's tough. So, you know, what I'm saying, I get, I get help. I definitely get some help with that, just because it's like, kind of like the Kanye with the Adidas shit. It's like I don't want to start from scratch because starting from scratch. You could take. St- I don't want to take steps back. Like, I'll let me feed off of people that I know that's doing it, and then I just take it to the next level. I've always been like that. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and, without any knowledge, do something. Like, I'm gonna if I wanna if I wanna really learn the studio, I would book studio sessions just to see how it's being operated, and then learn. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if my, my man's got a clothing line, I'm gonna go with him to a trade show or some shit just so I can see how different textures of shirt shirts or be around the lingo. You hear the lingo enough that now when you're in a store and somebody say something to you, you remember what you know what they're talking about, stuff like that. So, do you currently have a manager? No, I don't. So you do it? You book all your shows yourself? You release all the music by um, yourself? Yeah. At this at this point, yeah. At this point, I'm doing everything myself. I think, to be honest, I think I've probably reached a point where I don't think I could be managed. I think that it's... No, I'm not going to say that. It's definitely a level up. But I think at this point, I think people want... They they want you to do certain things. They want you to be a certain type of way. They hold you up to a certain expectation. And I think that I've been doing it so long that it would probably destroy my confidence for someone to want me to do something that I don't want to do. Yeah. Like, trust me, when you've put out 10 mixtapes on your own will, like, I picked the date, I picked the cover, I picked the photo, I picked the name, I, I synchronized the track listing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I cut the songs down, I reached out to the feature. When you do that much shit by yourself, the moment somebody's like, you should go with this single, this shit starts to fuck with you. Yeah, like, even if they, they're right, you're going to be like, Yo, I don't want to hear that from you, I want to hear that from me, I want to hear that from... Up here, let my let me feel that way. Nah, you said you are yeah. what you eat, and that when people put yeah. stuff in your head, it's over. Yeah, that's a fact. Do you think artists should work more with managers, or they should work more independently? It depends. It some people, some people don't have the the drive to the social to all that. to do all that. Yeah, even even the social. Cause I know you be outside. I've seen you yeah. at numerous events. Cause I be outside too. So like. Like, people just don't talk anymore. Like, they, it's all internet nowadays. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you yeah. think it's still effective being outside than a social presence? It's To me, it's both because I think that you gotta, sometimes you gotta have a social presence to be in the in crowd too. Because a lot of those conversations that start in person is because people seeing you online yeah. or y'all share the DM or, you know what I'm saying? It's a mutual, like, a lot of artists, like, a lot of artists, you know, I, you know, they're not. They, I seen your shit. Where I seen your shit too. You know what I'm saying? So like, like that's how that's how it happens, and that all comes from online. I think Instagram kind of saved that moment where somebody was trying to put their headphones in your ears to hear the record, yeah. because you might you might just be like, yeah, just, just hit me on the gram, bro, or I'm gonna I'm check your shit out. Like all the business, they killed the business card era, the CD era, like all of that. Even it's the networking, like networking mixes and shit, like those shits be. People already those be people that know each other that's just linking up. You know what just I'm saying? Drinking shit. Yeah, so I you think bother going to them? It's def- 
sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 practicing my worth right now. You know what I'm saying? What I, you mean I, by like, that? I, it's if you gonna be somewhere, people are not gonna book you. So it's like I've been trying to create a a mystery around the music or even around me because it's like if you want to see J Tips, you got book J Tips. Like I'm not sending rappers records. I'm not pulling up to venues. I'm not on a bill unless it's a friend performing. You know what I'm saying? Like a genuine friend. Like not just because oh this bill look lit. I'm about to pull up. Yeah. Like if you, my boy's performing, I'm gonna go support or something like that. But if people know you there, they're not gonna invite you. So it's just I've been you know I've been kind of like away from the scene in that way. It's like if you wanna mingle with me, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you know what I'm saying? It gotta be some type of conversation that happens. And that's to me that's how I pay the bills. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I need to pay the bills that way. So it's like if that's my plan right now to get it to that point, then I gotta stick with it. Nah, I hear it. Do you think uh do you think you would work better with a major or you think you could do a lot more independently? I think I think an artist like me, um I, I was going to make that a general question, but I specifically yeah. want to know where you yeah. think. I think an artist like me, I think I could benefit from a major in the sense of just, you know, resources. I think that one thing that people do have to understand is independent. As much as you could be proud and mighty about doing it yourself, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? I can't have the, I can't have the same conversation with the venue at the same time as me going through rehearsals. I can't yeah. have the conversation with distribution if I'm working on the music. Working on the music. Yeah. So it's tough. And at the end of the day, it's like you you got these these majors have relationships with these companies that are strong. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of time those independent artists are like the virus is trying to crack the mold. It's not gonna happen for everybody. Some people crack through, yeah. but at the end of the day you're gonna read a reach a point where you got to collaborate in some way. Like, you got to sign that Apple deal. You got to sell some of your publishing. You got to you gotta sit there and do a, a one-album deal with somebody, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple, whether it's Def Jam, whether it's Atlantic. They may not be selling their life away, but they partnering in some ways because just independently, it's like, what do you want? You want 100% of 10,000 or you want... 40% of a million. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you think about the numbers, it's like, I feel like I deserve more, but think about the size of your house, too. Yeah. So it's it's so many different intangibles that I put into both. Like, But at the end of the day, it's like, I am no position to turn down money either. So it's like, as much as I want to grind it out, if there's a check on the table, we going to consider it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a hustler. At the end of the day, I can make it back. Like, I figure my way out. You know, as long as there's a way out, I'll figure it out. So, you know, it's definitely all deals on the table. If you a major out there and you, you want to reach out, don't think that I'm on my independent wave too hard. You know what I'm saying? You can come holler. Slide in the DM, boy. Yeah. Have, well, have you ever got, I know, like, we, we said the, the networking mixers and, you know, it kind of cut the whole business card era. Like, have you ever, like, had, like, an old, like, a crazy opportunity of somebody in the Instagram DMs? Um, I know you sell sneakers to a lot of people yeah. too, so, so it could even be about sneakers or, or the yeah, music. Yeah, nah, yeah, sneakers. I've sneakers. I've I've done a lot. Sneakers. I've like it was a it was a point right before the new Volume Ten drop 
that it was a day you still where had, you had you you had cracked the celebrity or you give him a little bit less no 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 at the end of the day it's a, it's a business decision oh, like right. it's a it it depends on what you honestly want to leverage from it you know what i'm saying like if you sell into a writer you may want to be in good graces. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I look out for you. You know, look out for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we, you gotta recoup sometimes. It's reciprocal energy. You know what I'm saying? And it's like if it's an artist, you know what I'm saying? Somebody big, you maybe want to open for them or something like that. Like why not? You know what I'm saying? People do that with fucking weed. People do that with fucking lean and shit. Like you know how many times I'm in South by and niggas is linking up with fucking mad niggas to sell them different drugs or buy drugs just because they want to be in their presence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, that's not something to be I promote. in that in crowd. Yeah, that's not something I promote, but I've seen it happen. I see niggas pull up on niggas asking if they got bud, but don't even smoke. They just trying to talk to the person. You know what I'm saying? They just trying to get in the graces. So it was a time right before the volume 10 drop where I had to pick up a pair of shoes from Def Jam. I had to walk across town from, because Def Jam is on, I think, like 7th and 8th. I had to walk to 3rd Ave to XXL to sell two different people's shoes. And then I had to head uptown to sell my boy ASAP 12E some Air Maxes. So it was like just that day was just like, none of this shit got to do with my music. Yeah. So that's like a crazy ass. It was like a crazy ass. Just experience. to just to network across. Yeah. Like I gotta go here, then I gotta go to this person. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was like it was a day that a lot of people would be like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? Like I see you out here. You doing you doing a lot, but then it's like no, I'm not doing a lot. It's like, just I'm, a regular day. Yeah, it's just it's just me doing regular shit. But I've you know I've I've had a lot of emails. I think probably the the highest up the chain has got was. Somebody reached out saying Meek Mill wanted the South Beach LeBrons. Which one is the, the eights? The eights. Yeah. Okay. And he'll trade me a, a verse. Mm. And he, and while I sat there and I was like, how the hell would I get this shoe? Because at the point it was like 1200 <laughs> Yeah, I remember. For when a Meek verse is like, that's not, nigga, if I could get a Meek verse, nigga, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then the person hit me back and was like, could could you get anything for Nikki too? Like Nikki wants to know what you what you could get her size. And at that point, I felt like I was getting scammed. Yeah. So I just left it alone. Like I just stopped responding. Got feeling shit. And yeah. And then I did my my research or whatever. And the person was legit. He legit like be with them or whatever. But I know that's how niggas in the entourage. That's how they eat. They eat off their name. That's yeah. how they eat. You know what I'm saying? They'll be like, "Yo, it's for me," and it's for them. You know what I'm saying? Because that's happened to me before with. Uh, a, a DJ in the city You know what I'm saying Like they were like Yo They want this And as soon as they got it I seen them with it So it was like Nigga you could have told me That it was for you You know what I'm saying Like it's not like he, You would have got A different price than he got Nigga it's the yeah. same thing You know what I'm saying So It's it's happened But um, it's, it's been a lot It's been a lot of stuff Nah I hear some it cool, Some cool stories Being that you had You know Doing all the sneaker stuff Doing all the 10 tapes, what would you tell yourself, like not knowing anything that your future would know, like what it holds, yeah. what would you tell yourself at 15? At 15 years old? 15. Ooh, repeat the question again? My fault. Like, you know, being that you, like all the accolades that you've accomplished with the 10 tapes, from shooting your own visuals to recording to, to doing sneaker deals with 12V, like what would you tell yourself at 15 like if you could do anything differently than you have done it now Crazy. like how old are you now i'm 28 what would your 28 so 28 year old self tell your 15 year old self? probably just take school more serious 
probably play ball. Did you go to college? Ball. Yeah, I went to college. Undergraduate though. Like I went there. I went there for fun. I didn't go there to really learn anything. But I would probably just tell myself to to just keep playing ball. I feel like I was pretty good at I was, you know, I was one of those kids that was playing sports since like six. So when I got to high school, I went to a high school that I didn't even apply to. Like they told me I had to go there, like on some zone shit. Yeah. And it was like, yo, the city is currently overcrowded with kids. All the classrooms are packed. I so remember that. We got to yeah. send kids to certain schools. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of rebelled in a, I didn't have nobody in my life to tell me that you only hurting yourself type shit. Like I had, I was, like I had got, I remember like playing like ball, like at a really young age. And my coach would always say, you're not going to get better till you work on your own time. Not when you come to practice, when you go home and take them jump shots, when you in your room and you just practice in your form. You're not going to get better till you go to the park and play with kids. So it was when I started really, really going to high school. Like, I, you know, I was always pretty decent. Like, even in middle school, I went to Richard R. Green Middle School, and we was two-time champions. We lost one time in two years. Yeah. And, I, you know, I averaged, like, 15. But I was, like, in fucking 12. And I was the number two scorer, and the number one scorer was a kid that averaged, like, 35. I never knew you played ball. Yeah, so I never really had, like, the opportunity to really, really shine because yeah. everybody was always trying to get him recruited. And shit like that. But I was supposed to go to a certain school. And when I had to go to Truman High School, I kind of rebelled. And I was like, I don't even want to play. So I was playing ball in the park. And I was still playing AAU. And my since I was playing in a park in AAU, but I wasn't playing in school, it was like I seen in AAU, I went from being a kid that was averaging like 15. That I was My last year of organized basketball, I averaged, I think, 34 in the league that I was playing in with other kids that was like 14, 15 years old. And there was people that was asking me to like, yo, you don't play for your school? And I was like, nah, my school is trash. But I didn't know at that age, That's that, I mean, who cares if your school is trash? That's how you, like even in school, I was in advanced basketball in, in ninth grade and I was clapping back basket. I was clapping backboards on on the dudes on varsity. I, and the coach was the gym teacher. So he was really like, what are you doing? What's up with your grades and all this stuff? But I was really like, yeah, whack. I don't want to play with you. Nah. Your kids on your team, I'm killing them in gym. Why I need to play? <laughs> I didn't know I was hurting myself. And yeah. I also played baseball. But the baseball thing was different because baseball to me was one thing about New York City baseball. It's highly Spanish. Highly Hispanic. You know, I'm not going to just say, you know, Spanish is different. So it's highly Hispanic. And it was to a point where I was like the black kid. And me being mixed race, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like sometimes- What are you? So I'm half black, half Puerto Rican. Me okay. being mixed is sometimes you never black enough and definitely never Spanish enough because yeah. they was talking through me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be there. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to go to the crib where my friends is rapping and shit. And I was on varsity in 10th grade in, in baseball with mad diesel Spanish kids that I, I don't know where they came from. I never seen them during the day in school. But, you know, I, I just, to be honest, I just was rapping. So I wish that I probably would have just stuck with that because I definitely know like I'm not going to say I would have made it to the lead or been league or been LeBron but it, it was definitely an un, unwritten yeah. story like mm-hmm. my story stopped when it came to sports like I, it wasn't ended it didn't end like you know niggas just like yo bro it's a rap for you like cut yeah. it out like my story just it just kind of like, like you reading a book and you like it ain't nothing on these pages yeah. so that's probably the only thing that I'll probably go back and really, really, like, just do. Like, you know, stick with the sports, bro. 
Because with, with sports, you know what I'm saying, your outcome, you could be rewarded for your outcome. Like, can't nobody tell you you whack if you drop 40. Yeah. With music, you could drop 40 and people tell still you. treat you like you whack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah, that's, that's, that's a fact. 40 million streams and somebody be like, yo, bro, you, you the worst thing garbage. I ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, but with basketball, you know what I'm saying? You're not I, telling I me. You're not way. telling me I'm dunking on LeBron and I'm whack. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not telling me that. Like, nah, I'm getting it. Nah, I hear it. Nah, that's 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 honestly a gem right there. Because really, if sports is one of the things where you kind of really control your outcome. Well, and music is not. <laughs> music is definitely not. Do you think streaming affected the whole uh, album sale thing these days? If they actually support it, though. It does, but I think on an independent level it's helped. Because, you know, I'm a SoundCloud era. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm that piff. SoundCloud era and wasn't benefiting from that shit. You know what I'm saying? So streaming definitely it definitely has boosted I think my visibility. You know what I'm saying? Like my last year I've been just posting old albums. I saw Apple that you music. reached two hundred thousand streams. Yeah, two hundred on all the projects collectively. Yeah, collectively. Dope. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And it's it's been something that was people are listening now. I might have thought that I was doing something before, but I guess now that I'm already in your phone, you're already on Apple Music, it's not really a chore. Like, yeah. A lot of times I click that link in the nigga bio is a chore. Yeah. Like, like all right, like, I'm going to do this yeah. just to help him out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just because he cool. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with him. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> you know, he, he dressed nice. He handsome. He get the bitches. His, his gram is all really good. Why wouldn't I click it? Yeah. Like, let me see. I do that with chicks. I'd be like, oh, she rap? Let me see what she, she was going on here. <laughs> so, but I think in Apple Music, it... Or all the shit, all the streaming services. I'm not gonna single out anyone. It's it's helped my visibility. I think people are discovering me at a faster rate than they was when I was spamming niggas' pages. But just the SoundCloud and yeah, and YouTube. SoundCloud and shit. Yeah, of course. You think it's uh, you think it's uh, in the era that we living in with all these uh, with the little rappers. You think it's more antics over talent these days. You think that's just what the industry is looking for? Are they still looking for talent? I think that. They're the the offspring of niggas saying that you got to keep working. You know, at the end of the day, it's like you got to keep working to for more sound bites. You know, you got to keep working. And at the end of the day, it's like you can't always control what's birthed from that era. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember, like, the at the end of the day, people want to stay relevant. They want to pop. Like, people used to have to stay in the studio to pop. Now it's like maybe I could just be a jerk. Maybe I could be funny. <laughs> Maybe I could be tough. And record it. It's a, lot, it's a lot of different things, but the thing that's, that's bad about it is like, I'm not going to knock any of them. You know what I'm saying? But what I am going to say is it gets worse. Like, if your jokes aren't funny no more, people aren't laughing, you'll do worse things. You know what I'm saying? You'll do things that are even just more poor judgment. You know what I'm saying? Now niggas are going to be shooting each other, like, you know, and, and recording it and shit. Like, it's, it's, it's tough. It's themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like you just sometimes you gotta be on it. If you build it, they'll come type mentality. Like that's with me. Like I, the moment I started feeling like if if it's available to people, like my job is already done. If your job, like you got the easiest job in the world, all you gotta do is listen to it. Like yeah. it, it took me thirty hours to mix this. You got three minutes to listen to it. Yeah. I'd rather your job than my job. You know what I'm saying? So I. You know, I go back and forth a lot about like marketing and all that type of shit. But to me, I feel like I don't want to baby nobody. Like it's your job is so easy. Like the picture, comment, comment. 
Comment, you know what I'm saying? Save the shit to your save collection. It. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes when I click my insights, I like to say, oh, 12 people say Oh, them. nice. That was special. You know what I'm saying? So if that's all your job is, man, just just do it, man. <laughs> like, like, I'll keep making music. I don't want to feel like I got to, you know, be punching myself in the face or tattooing my whole grill, you know what I'm saying, for people to acknowledge me. Like, your job is simple. Like, let me do my job. You do your job. Your job of support is a retweet, a like. You know what I'm saying? A listen. Like, sometimes I just want to see my stream count go up. That's it. That's a fact. That's all you got to do, man. Refresh my shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going we gonna to end it off with this question. Who's the top five people you want to work with, whether, they, whether they're whether dead or alive, if you had the chance? I'm a, um, I think it's deep to say dead. I'm not really too sure. Um, but Whether it be I producers, think, artists, photographers, whatever. I think alive... Um, I would love to work with, you know, I love to work with Cole. I love to work with Ye. I love to work with Nipsey Hussle. I love to work with, you know, Gary V, motivational. I think y'all would make person. some shit. Honestly. You know what I'm saying? I love to work with. <laughs> I love to work with um, probably Pharrell. I say Pharrell. Why Pharrell? Um, just because I think that, like I said about producers in general. I feel like it's a reason why Kanye, Swiss, Pharrell, a lot of these dudes are top tier. Those are producers. They're going to make you sound the best that you can possibly sound. And the song is going to be as good as it possibly can be. You know what I'm saying? So it's like at the end of the day, independently, I'm able to already do these numbers and do traction, get traction and all this shit. Imagine what it's like when I'm really with somebody that's that can heighten it. You know what I'm saying? Like your best shit, somebody could times three that shit. Like, nigga, please. Please nah, help, being help just, me, nigga. Yeah, help just, me. Just being in the room with that would just probably bring out some yeah. next type and of me, And me saying work too, I think I'm not I don't want people to confuse it with work like I want a verse. Like I want work like like just sometimes just picking people's brain. Like just yeah. being I've learned I've learned some of the most minimal shit from people. Like like just sometimes somebody was bouncing a track, and I just seen the way they did it. It changed my my work ethic. Now it's like now I'm sitting there, you know what I'm saying? Mad shortcuts all day. You yeah. know what I'm saying like just little little information type shit. It's like I I want to be around just a lot of that energy. You see somebody else. I want to be around people that make me feel like I'm not working hard enough. Like I like to see how much you put out because it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. You know what I'm saying? And it's not jealousy at all. Like yeah. some people confuse it. It's more motivation. Yeah, some people confuse it. They be like, damn, this nigga doing his thing. Fuck, son. Fuck this nigga. It's I don't feel that way. It's more like I'm o I only want to feel like I'm not doing enough when I see somebody's shit. Like I wanna hear a nigga's song. And I don't wanna be like I like it. I wanna be like, damn, I gotta make some shit. <laughs> I make some shit that beat like this. Nah, there's there's a quote. It's 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 basically like if you're not if you're the smartest person in the room, get the fuck out of the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but I don't want to be around some dumbass motherfuckers. Well, yeah. nah, that but that point exactly. <laughs> but you definitely, definitely want to surround yourself with yeah, a whole bunch. Sometimes of Sometimes you want to feel like, like you know, see, you're the smart nigga too. That's that's how everybody gonna flock to all the girls and shit. Go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got J Cole, we got Ye, we right. got Pharrell, all we right. got Gary V, and we got Nip Hustle the Great. And Nip Hustle, okay. All right, there you have it. That that thank you for for coming through. I definitely uh, no appreciate problem, it. No problem, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I appreciate.
appreciate, you know what I'm saying, the years of support. Nah, it ain't. It, you know it's saying? nothing. It's been, it's been genuine. We still got to shoot that video for Timeless. Yeah. Nah, you, you, be, you be doing well, man. You're part of my, my top <laughs> tracks on my... On my J tip, so I nah, know people spending your shit. Nah, nah, bro. We you, there's a lot more work to be done. I do appreciate you coming on the podcast, and I do appreciate all the listeners that's listening right now. Thank you for tuning in. This is yeah. the Creative Hustle signing off. Shout J-tips. out to J Tips for coming through. Let them know where they can find you on social media. Find me everywhere, J A E T I P S, on all social platforms. That's no underscores. That's none of that. Reach out to me. Let's build, or we could try to build. Sometimes it depends on your approach, while, you know what I'm saying? But we could work it out. I'm, I'll shoot you a follow back if you say this where you found me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, good looking on tuning in, man. You already know. Feather on some fly shit. Uh-huh. I'm going to draw the line. You niggas pick who you going to ride with. <laughs> if you ain't got a passion, why you living? If you ain't taking action, why you bitching? Go ahead, tell me that I'm switching. Hard to stick together when you stick it to your mission like... Not everyone's gonna make it Opportunity ain't given, gotta take it This for all my go-getters Working off no sleep, we don't know no better Hey, it's Mike. Thanks for listening to Creative Hustle. If you'd like to learn more about how we're highlighting the creatives we love, visit our website, creativehustleshow.com. You can also find us on the Bronx Brand app by downloading it in the App Store. Follow us on social media at Creative Hustle Show and support by sharing our content with your friends. We truly appreciate the support. Keep creating.